and welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, aliens, UFOs, conspiracies, or when you get an x-ray and you come to the swift realization that your flesh is just a meat suit for your bony skeleton core. My name's Colleen. And I'm Everett. Everett. We are back at it again. Like Daniel in those white vans. <laughs> Do you like it when I pull out a 10-year-old yeah, meme? That, that's, that's, that's not a fresh one. Um, yeah, so Colleen got an x-ray today. Yes, I have been putting it off since grad school, but I now have to get my wisdom teeth out. Almost 30 years old, and you're doing the same thing that some teenagers do. I know. Well, okay, so I didn't have dental insurance through grad school, and then I didn't have money. So there you go. America. Yeah. (laughs) You know what was actually a little spooky? Is I go to that appointment, and they take the x-rays, and I sit down in the big scary chair, wait for the oral surgeon to come in, and he looks at the x-rays and he squints a little and he goes, what's that? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. You tell me. He was like, I've never seen that before. A tooth? <laughs> Not reassuring. Let me tell you. This was just a consultation. I'm, I only have two wisdom teeth. They're the top two wisdom teeth. One of them is like fine. They're just taking it out because... And the other one is apparently a medical anomaly. Well, hopefully you get to keep it. Yeah, I don't know. The reason it's weird is he says the nerves from this tooth are growing into the nerves from the other tooth. It sounds completely boring and not special at all to me, but I'm not an oral surgeon. What do I know? I don't know, man. All I do know is that we are here to make audio magic in your ears. Yeah, your ears that send vibrations straight into your skull holes that is living inside your face right now. Think about that. There's a skeleton living inside your face. I sat in that chair staring at a large screen of just a picture of my skull, and you never told me that my eye sockets are so uneven. I want to see my own skull. <laughs> it's It was super unnerving, but also cool, but... It feels like that there's a skeleton just waiting to burst out of its flesh prison. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we're all going to die someday. True. And everyone that's put in the ground is going to rise up. I want to be cremated. So no, you my can't ashes because can... you have to join the army and fight the fuck boys. Another 10 year old meme reference. <laughs> okay. What I'm are living we, in the past. What are we talking about today? Well, like I said earlier, we are here to make audio magic in your ears mm. because this is going to be a magical episode. We're getting witchy today. Ah. Specifically, we're talking about curses. 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 Yes. Are you going to explain the difference between a curse and a hex? Yes, I okay, am. Okay, cool. Because I've always wondered that. But for. Anyone that wants to know the technical definition for a curse, a curse is a wish of misfortune. (laughs) The severity can range from the mild to the deadly. Curses can be placed on people, a group of people, objects, homes, occupations, or anything really that one would want to harm in some way. So I don't like that definition. Why? A wish of misfortune? Yeah. Doesn't it have to be like an active... No. Wish. So I could just think in the back of my head, like, God, I wish Hitler had died earlier. And that would well, be no, a no, curse. no. <laughs> it has to be a wish of misfortune on someone or something else, like in our current timeline. The, the reason that like swear words are called curse words is because you usually say it as an exclamatory statement when something surprises you or someone pisses you off or something. It's like, hey, Like if someone cuts you off in traffic and you say, hey, fuck you, buddy, that is technically cursing them. It's a very mild curse. Well, then what do you and when you say fuck you, what exactly are you? No, I know. That's what I mean, though. Like, it's like I hope some old lady takes a shit on your chest tonight. Like, that's technically a curse. Okay, yes. And that makes more sense. But if I was just like, man, I wish. I mean, Netanyahu would choke on a pen cap. Yeah. <laughs> I that, guess, that, actually, That yes. is a curse. Well, that's, it's, that's it's, very it's specific. There's, yes, it's a not wish to of, happen. It's a wish of misfortune. That is literally what a curse is. 
Just technically, that is what a curse is. But okay. we're going to get into more technical details about a witchy curse. But just for funsies, I have found some of my favorite curses throughout history that have been documented. Okay. Now, of course, take it with a grain of salt. You don't have to necessarily believe these are true. But these are things that are actually taught in history classes. Okay. So, first one, I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. It's the Curse of Casimir IV. I haven't. In 1973, a team of archaeologists opened the tomb of a Polish king from the 15th century named Casimir IV. Leading up to the event, the media in Europe joked that this tomb may be cursed and they may be damning themselves. This was due to rumors of the curse that fell on those who opened the tomb of King Tut about 50 years prior. Right. Okay. So I was wondering if you were going to bring up King Tut. I, I mean, just in passing here, because I feel like everyone is aware of the curse of King Tut's tomb. I mean, basically, sure. tragedy fell upon people that opened the tomb of King sure, Tut. Sure, 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 sure. So the media is joking about that. Like, oh, maybe that'll happen again. Mm -hmm. Shortly after opening the Polish king's tomb in Krakow, Poland, the team started dropping dead. Like, like very, yes, very soon after. Investigators discovered traces of a deadly fungus inside the tomb, and some believe that this was intentionally left to curse any who opened the tomb. Like, the the people who had closed the tomb were like, I hope that uh, something kills people who may open this in the future, or that they knowingly placed something that would create a fungus that might murder people in I've, the future. Either way, no one knows. There was no documented proof of, you know a purposeful curse could have been a coincidence maybe not maybe you know casimir was like if anyone disturbs my everlasting slumber they will perish yeah i like that to me it's a curse no matter what whether or not you purposely placed it in there yeah i mean you're defiling someone's grave by you know exhuming a body so but then that begs the question if i murder you did i just curse you no. Well, what if I wished your death before I killed you? Technically, yes. So if I purposely placed fungus in that tomb, is that a curse or just murder? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, the thing is, like, maybe it wasn't even the fungus that was specifically put in the tomb. Maybe it was just, like, a spell, and then the fungus is the effect of the spell. Yes. Yes. Either way. I choose to believe that because it's cooler. Either way, that is what happened in that story, but I have another for you. Okay. The Curse of Timur's Tomb. Timur was a military leader who conquered much of the Middle East and Central Asia in the 14th century. In 1941, Joseph Stalin ordered a team of archaeologists to open Timur's tomb in Uzbekistan. Yeah, but like why? Why do we gotta keep opening these tombs? I assume they're looking for something valuable to help fund the war, because this is World War That's II. That's just, I mean, rude. This greatly upset the locals and the Muslim clergy As nearby. it should. The team opened up the tomb and found an inscription that said, Whoever opens my tomb shall unleash an invader more terrible than I. Ah, see, that's badass. I want something like that written on my tombstone. Only ours. After they read that inscription, Hitler and Nazi Germany invaded Russia. Okay, I hate Hitler, but that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Isn't it, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, maybe or maybe not a coincidence, but that is very odd. That right. only hours after a team of archaeologists read that inscription, they were entering into World War II because... Yeah, Hitler invaded their land. That's crazy. That is crazy. At what point does it stop? I was just going to say, at what point does it stop being a coincidence and start being a curse? But uh, I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, really? it's one and the same if you look at it that way. Uh, right. So because Germany entered Russia, obviously Russia had to enter the World War. Right. Over 20 million Russians died over the course of the next year. And in 1942, the following year, Stalin ordered that the remains of Timur be returned to the tomb and that the process follow Islamic traditions. Shortly after that was completed, Germany ended their eastern campaign and surrendered to the Russians in Stalingrad. Ah. So that's another weird coincidence. Yeah. It wasn't like, as hey. soon after. It was a little bit more. But even so, Stalin 
ordered the remains to be returned and then they were able to beat Nazi Germany. You know, I've never heard of a curse ending just because you reversed what you started. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think that's how they, they ended in the mummy, right? Like they, everything back or something honestly i don't recall because i was not a huge fan of that movie i love that movie and clearly i'm paying more attention to brendan (laughs) fraser than the i just uh, remember the uh the scene with the scarab beetles that's all you don't remember the one where they're like looks like we got all the camels and then brendan fraser yells back looks like you're on the wrong side of the river that's not your favorite way over my head (laughs) (laughs) okay but it's it's interesting that in real life the curse reversed itself. Like the the ghost was like, "Hey man, thanks for putting me back." I'll, yeah, and we'll talk. Cool now. We'll talk about how like curses can be reversed or lessened in a little bit too. But that's kind of really the only instance. Like that that seems like a very movie way of yes, ending. Yes, because I feel like once you unleash the curse, the curse is out. Why would the curse? It's yeah. It's almost it's, like the curse was a living being, and when you satisfied, or, or like a ghost, when you satisfied, it's or lessened its anger than it's yeah it's just it's interesting i can't imagine a curse being forgiving like hey man like that sucked but you know now we're cool because you put me back yeah friends again i would be like you open my tomb i don't care you put me back curse on you (laughs) (laughs) curse on your cow okay i have one more historical curse and this is my favorite one mainly because i'm an american history nerd okay but have you heard of the Curse of Tippecanoe? I've heard of it. I feel like I, I've heard the story. I know the story, but I can't remember it. So in 1811, William Henry Harrison battled the Shawnee Native Americans led by Tecumseh in the Battle of Tippecanoe. Harrison was victorious, and the Native Americans were forced to leave the area. This made Harrison immensely popular among the United States public. Sure. It actually earned him the nickname Tippecanoe, and when he was elected president in 1840, he used the campaign slogan, Tippecanoe and Tyler too. That I remember. So the idea is, is that Tecumseh laid a curse upon William Henry Harrison because he was pissed off because of for good reason, white people invading their land and taking it from them. The curse as it is observed in hindsight is that, Every president, starting with William Henry Harrison, who is elected every 20 years, will die in office. Hmm. Let's go through each one, and this won't take that long. William Henry Harrison dies after winning in 1840. He actually died only 30 days after he was inaugurated Mm -hmm. um, of cold and flu-like symptoms, and a lot of people theorize that he actually caught those symptoms because of the frigid temperatures on inauguration day. So he died. He didn't do anything as president. He just died right away. Right. He basically moved in and then died. Right. 20 years later, Abraham Lincoln famously, (laughs) very famously, infamously (laughs) died after being elected in 1860, Garfield in 1880 and McKinley in 1900. All three were assassinated. During their first terms. Okay. You mentioned 20 year cycle. Is there any significance to that? Mm, not that you know of. Not that I, I I'm, I'm just going to go out and say, no, there is no significance to it. Cause like, what about the other presidents? Right. In that time. The, the reason that I say there's no significance is because I think this was kind of a hindsight type thing where we noticed a pattern. Sure. After looking back. Right. So then why? I mean, I guess because William Henry Harrison was the first, I suppose you could tie it back to Tecumseh. But I feel like that's kind of a racist. But possibly. I mean, ideal. Like, oh, the other cursed us. I mean, absolutely. I I think it definitely could be that. And I mean, like I said at the beginning of this too, take it with a grain of salt. You can believe it or not. Honestly, whether this one is more or less believable. I still like it because it's about presidents and I like presidential history, but I, I kind of agree with you. I think this is very, like, it's a series of coincidences. So who's up next? What, how, how many presidents we got left till the right. next one dies? Oh, you mean in today's day? Yeah. Where are we at? Well, the, the curse, I'm going to get to it. Okay. So The curse ended. Okay. Already. But McKinley died in 1900 after he was assassinated. 
Warren Harding was elected in 1920, and he died from heart complications and pneumonia during his term. FDR was re-elected in 1940, and he died in office from a cerebral hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. JFK was elected in 1960 and was assassinated in 1963. The curse is said to have finally died with JFK after Reagan was elected in 1980 and survived an assassination attempt in 1981. Ah. So maybe he cheated death. He was supposed to die. Actually, a lot of records in the media in 1981 said he was... Signed a pact with Satan? <laughs> no, he was like on death's door. He should have died like with how serious the injury was and in his old age like it was a miracle that he survived do you think that in his near-death haze he signed a pact with satan for his soul to come back as president it could have happened you don't know possibly yes <laughs> anything is possible with curses <laughs> okay so those are some historical curses but now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of right. it and I'm going to preface this by saying all of this information is coming from actual classes I took about cursing. If you're interested, both Colleen and I actually are taking classes in a witchcraft school. <laughs> you just outed me from the broom <laughs> closet. I've been doing it for a few months now. Well, coming up in a year, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but we're taking... Uh, he is taking different classes than I am, I would like to point out. <laughs> I mean, okay, and this is what I was going to get to, too. So this is mostly a Wiccan perspective, but overall, these courses that we're taking are about modern paganism, mm -hmm. which is like a very large grouping of, like, religions and cultures. Yeah. It's basically any non-Christian religion. Any non-monotheistic Yeah, non-Judeo-Christian and I mean, you're excluding, for the most part, excluding other religions, too, that are like Hinduism, even though it's kind of involved. It is. I know it is. But like, regardless, what I'm getting at is me personally, I am I wouldn't consider myself a pagan or a Wiccan or anything. I am just doing this because it interests me. Mm -hmm. That being said, though, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. I have attempted a couple of these things that we're going to talk about. And it did provide results, too. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you don't have to believe any of this. I mean, but I will say, too, just going out and saying that's false or that's stupid, that is insulting to people who actually do consider themselves pagan or Wiccan or anything. like People I mean, who consider themselves magic practitioners. Correct. You can be pagan and not practice magic. Sure, anyway. sure. So, yeah, anyone that actually, you know, is a magical practitioner... You shouldn't like, it's the same thing as like saying Jews are stupid, right? Well, it's like saying praying is dumb because it, it's a similar concept. Instead right. of praying to a to the Judeo-Christian God and asking for something to happen, you are manifesting your own will through magic, I suppose. Right. And I mean, you could even define magic in that way too. Right. Manifesting your own will. And it entirely depends on what you believe Right. Magic comes from. Is it the universe granting your wish or is it like the sheer power of your will? Right. So it, it Or is it energy around you or it could be a lot of different things. Sure. Depending yeah. on what you believe. But the reason I want to say that is because I don't necessarily believe in most of these things, but I still am interested and I tried a few of them and it did work. So let's get into it. Okay. How do you know if you're cursed? Bad things happen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I passed so that one. some common things that people may experience when they are cursed are nightmares, depression, body aches, unusual difficulty in remaining focused, sudden medical problems or financial hardship, or just general bad luck. That's not an exhaustive list. That's just very common things that would happen. Mm -hmm. There are some signs to look out for as well that may point you to being a target of a curse. If someone intentionally placed a curse on you, you may find dead animals near or in your home. What? Certain animals harbor a specific symbolism, too. Cockroaches symbolize sickness and death. Hawks symbolize an intention of bodily harm. Spiders and spider webs could mean that someone is wishing financial troubles on you. A wasp nest symbolizes great jealousy. And another common form of curse is using glass and 
breaking it upon the door of your target. So if you find a mess of broken glass at your door, you could be cursed. What about like pieces of rabbit? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was hoping you would say that because when we first started taking these classes and I was taking a class on cursing and just curses in general, I was taking that lesson about animals being a symptom of a curse. And there was a dead rabbit in our yard just it, ripped apart. I was gonna say, it wasn't just a dead rabbit. It was like a hawk had a... Obliterated it. Yeah, it was like a blitz attack on that rabbit. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Maybe we were cursed. Maybe we're still cursed. Well, who would want to curse us? Maybe that mean YouTube commenter on our... Yeah, own. that's true. That's true. I suppose somebody who's been listening on YouTube. Anyway, I don't read YouTube comments. So fuck off. <laughs> All right, so there are some tests that you can actually conduct to see if you are cursed. These are ones that you could use if you're not a practicing witch. So these are kind of accessible things if you're not actually conducting spells or anything. So if you have access to fresh eggs that are not store-bought, you can do an egg test to see if you're cursed. Shortly after an egg is laid, take it and pass the egg through a candle flame. Then crack the egg. If there is any amount of blood inside, you're cursed. Eh. So what's the symbolism of the egg? The egg? Yeah. I think the egg would symbolize, like, the fragility of life. Sure. And then if there's blood, obviously that's, like, a sign of pain or... Yeah, yes. No, that makes sense. I guess I've just, like, made brownies and cracked an egg and there's been... Yeah, we don't have access to fresh eggs. Yeah, no, that's true. They're all the... So store-bought bad boys. This one I like more, and this one is easier to do for most people also. It's called the lemon test. Take a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. On one half, write your name. Leave the other side of the page blank. Right, got it. Take a lemon and cut it in half. Put each half of the lemon on each half of the paper, wet side down. Place the paper in an area that is undisturbed and check back about a week later. If the half with your name is more moldy than the other half, you're cursed. If there is no mold, or if the mold is equal throughout the entire piece of paper, then you're not cursed. Okay, who came up with this one? Where was the origin story of this one? I, I don't know the origin story. This is a common practice. What about if I took an Oreo, and you took one half, and I took the other half, and my half had less frosting? Am I cursed? It's like a wishbone, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a traditional test. But, I mean, do you have any information maybe about how old or where the tradition came from? Or that's just one that pops up a lot? For this specific test, no, I don't. Mm. I do have some, like, origin for some of the other stuff we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. But this was just taught to our class by right. our instructor. And I will say, so... Everett's taking all those those classes. You say you say all those. I just thought this was interesting. No, no, no. no. I, I guess uh, what I'm saying is you're taking the more magic focused classes. But if if anybody's interested in the path I chose took, mine are all like herbalism, herb foraging, healing herbs, herby herbs. I mean, I'm Herbert. also taking courses on like Norse mythology, yes. so it's like it's just a, there's a wide array of things to learn about. I just right. thought this one would be interesting. No, yes, this one is very interesting. I just i I want people to know that the the classes aren't necessarily all place a lemon on half a sheet of paper, right? So, yeah, like <laughs> so. Let's talk about protection from curses and curse breaking. Okay. There's a lot of tools that magic practitioners use to protect themselves against curses. Some people do wear small mirrors on a necklace to reflect negative energy away. And I've heard of that. That's a really like old, old school way of doing things. Like, And it's kind of across cultures, too. It's mm -hmm. like panning across the entire world. Like I've read stories like in uh, Shintoism in Japan of people doing that, but there's also people in like Latin America that yeah. do that. So it's kind it of like a sense. worldwide thing. My mom always, she didn't always wear, she had an evil eye necklace and it always, I don't Looked know. Looked at inspired. you. Funny. Well, yes, but I mean, isn't the point of it to ward off negative energy? And yeah, it reflects it back. 
Right. That's the, the idea, because it's a mirror, right? In the same way that silver is used. Well, evil eye isn't a mirror. It's just a mirror. No, I always talk about the mirrors Yes, themselves. no, so mirror makes sense. <laughs> and, and then I was just going to say the same way in, like, movies, like, silver bullets are used or silver is a way to right. attack against evil creatures. It's because silver was used in mirrors, mm-hmm. and it's reflecting away bad energy. Right. Some other things that uh, witches like to use, especially in their living space to block negative energy, some of these tools are black candles, anointing oils, various crystals such as selenite or clear quartz. Some herbs are usually used in protection against curses as well, bay leaves and oregano specifically. Mm -hmm. Some witches also like to use poppets in the form of protection. Poppets can also be used to actually curse someone, but they can kind of be flipped around and use it to protect against curses, too. Poppet meaning like a doll, like a voodoo doll type thing? Yes, poppet. But poppets are also used worldwide. It's not just a voodoo tradition. Right. I guess what I'm picturing, like, is it supposed to symbolize something? Yeah, so specifically, you would make a poppet of yourself. Oh, okay. And then it acts as a magnet of negative energy or negative magic. So it affects your poppet and not yourself. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you're not necessarily using it to curse someone. You're using it to in protect this, yourself. In, in this case, curse. it's just a protective Got it. Uh, tool to use. Sure. Those are just some examples that are kind of accessible to most people. But a lot of other people use different types of words and magical spells to protect against curses. But those are for more advanced People that were not taught to us. Right. We're we're cursed beginners. We're, yeah, we're, what's the term? Baby witches? They like to use. <laughs> Baby witch, right. Yeah, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> we just enjoy the spooky. We do enjoy the spooky. And now let's talk about different types of curses. Okay. Jinxes. A jinx is a very mild type of curse that serves as a minor annoyance directed at a target. Generally, these are very short-lived and are most often a form of bad luck. Wishing bad luck on someone who pissed you off is considered a form of jinxing. So, for example, like I actually mentioned this earlier, if you're in traffic and someone cuts you off, a witch could say, may you get a nail in your tire before you get to work. Generally, the punishment fits the crime for a jinx. So another example... What if the person didn't commit a crime? What if they were innocent and you jinxed them? I guess when I say generally the punishment fits the crime, it's if you're a responsible person. Technically, you can do whatever you want, I guess. (laughs) But I'm just saying you would only use a jinx as a minor annoyance, not something to actually harm someone. Sure. So another example is to give someone a nightmare after they make you mad. This can be done by taking a small bag and filling it with broken twigs and spicy herbs while visualizing what happens in the nightmare then the bag should be placed somewhere near the target's bed or wherever they sleep. All right. Now, see, if I was the one being jinxed, I imagine I would know that person doesn't like me and I wouldn't let them anywhere near my bed. Or they don't even realize you're doing it because you already live with them. Yeah, you're such a butthole. You want to talk about it? You you do it. You, why? You start. So you when tell I, the story. When I first took this class about cursing i didn't want to do anything drastic but i did want to try something out we're going to talk about hexes in a second too i placed a hex bag near colleen's pillow and I she did not notice and she had a very very bad day i had a real shitty day at work like it was real crappy i had a terrible day the bad meetings i like dropped stuff i couldn't find things I, like, twisted my ankle. (laughs) It was just a terrible day. And I got home expecting to be like, oh, my husband, please commiserate with me about this terrible day. And he goes, I jinxed you. (laughs) I I was genuinely shocked that apparently it worked. (laughs) What kind of husband puts it? Whether or not you think it's going to work, why would you jinx your innocent wife? I wanted to test it. You were my guinea pig, and it was because I could observe what happens in my own home. Oh, okay. Great. That's like, I could put any experiment on you. Hey, I wonder what your face would look like if I broke your knee. (laughs) I guess you're the person to experiment on. Let's move on to hexes. 
A hex is similar to a jinx, but a little more severe and lasting longer. They are still short-lived and will not require action to remove the hex. Typically, a hex is used when someone actually caused yourself harm instead of just upsetting you. A cursed coin is an example of a hex. Paint over a coin in any way you please, maybe coloring in the eyes with black nail polish or drawing a negative sigil or symbol over the coin. Place your intentions into the coin by wishing hardship on the person and then secretly place the coin in a personal place of the target. That person will experience extremely bad luck in whatever symptoms you place into the coin, and it will last until the person discovers the coin and gets rid of it. I feel like we shouldn't be giving curse ideas to the masses, <laughs> especially like easily done ones like paint over a coin. The thing, the, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the thing is, you know, look at it this way a teenager who is, or like a preteen, who is very emotionally charged and is just like thinking like, oh, I hate my parents or, oh, I hate my teacher or whatever. They're not like hurting people, usually at least, like by thinking about stuff, right? Right. So even if they were aware of these specific practices that they could do, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work because if you are a magical practitioner, it takes a lot of practice and study. These are examples of what can be done, but I think it's something that you actually need to be educated and well-versed in for it to work. Sure. You have to have the intention, like genuine intention for yeah. it to happen. So let's talk about actual curses. In many forms of paganism, when you are using the term curse, it actually refers to a very severe punishment placed on someone who wronged you. So this is more severe than a hex or a jinx. Right. Curses are long-lasting, may require the cursor to actually end the curse if the target cannot do so themselves. Meaning, if they're not a magic practitioner as well and know how to protect themselves in some capacity. Sure. So like me innocently unaware that you I didn't I didn't curse you I did a very short-lived bad luck why couldn't you have done a good luck thing why couldn't you you've been like hey I hope that you find five dollars how come that didn't that didn't even occur to you I see your face right now it's completely blank that literally (laughs) didn't even cross your mind no that's not the case and we're talking about curses right now (laughs) (laughs) okay okay some curses actually last for generations, as we talked about the typical new curse. Sure. Some follow a family or a group of people. A popular form of cursing is jar magic, and this is something I found actually very interesting in my course. There are many, many different types of jar magic, but the basic idea is to place objects that symbolize pain and suffering into a jar and hiding it away so it's safe and very hard to find. You can use a variety of ingredients and tools, but common ones are nails, salt, sawdust, blood, chili peppers, mold, or anything that may be significant to the target of the curse or something that symbolizes the reason for the curse. With these ingredients, the name of the target is typically written inside the jar or on a piece of paper and put in the jar. Most times, a witch will place the jar in their own home and leave it undisturbed for a period of time then remove it after they feel enough time has passed, and then they dispose of it. Okay. What do you think of that one? Pretty passive. I I feel like that that is something I've learned about just magic in general when it comes to modern paganism. Most of this stuff is very passive. It's like a way of like, I don't know, it's just like something to make yourself feel better. It's like a form of self-therapy almost. Yeah, I think it's a way to focus your energy. Your chi? Right. I mean, if you truly believe that you are performing magic, the items don't necessarily matter. You just need something with which to focus your energy on sending evil curse vibes out. It, it depends on who you who you are and like what your beliefs are too, because some yeah. things actually do carry a lot of weight over others. Yes. So I'm, I guess when you say pagan, you just mean just magic practitioners magic and like that's just so many different. Well, right. I'm, I'm just saying specifically with like 
cursing magic, the the, the ingredients and tools that are used almost always have some form of significance or symbolism. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I have one more example of a curse. Mm -hmm. Poppets. We talked about poppets already. The basic idea is similar to voodoo dolls in pop culture, as we talked about. You make a doll that resembles the target of the curse and either decorate it or fill it with things that symbolize the misfortune you are wishing on someone. So, for example, you could wrap a leg in sandpaper to give them a very painful and itchy rash. You could stuff the head with cotton to make it hard for a person to focus on anything. You can singe any part of the poppet to give them a burning sensation. Okay, uh, so in this sense, it is kind of like a voodoo doll. In Yeah, the very basic um, like pop culture idea of a voodoo yeah, doll, yeah. yes. The, the, the reason voodoo dolls versus poppets, like, they are almost one and the same, but the reason that the word poppet is used is because you can't just become a voodoo practitioner. It's like something that you actually have to be born into or like brought into. But unlike a Wiccan or like another form of pagan, you can just kind of do that. Okay. And plus puppets are used worldwide, not just through voodoo tradition. Sure, sure, sure. I guess in pop culture, doll, you do mean things to that represents another person. Usually yeah. you're like voodoo doll. Usually it's called a voodoo doll, but right. in this sense, it's just the puppet. It's the same thing. So... People get creative with their poppets. Sure. They do a lot of weird stuff, a lot of like very artsy stuff too. And poppets aren't even necessarily cursing or protection either. Some people just do it for good luck too. Like, as you said earlier, I can make a poppet of you and stuff it with clovers because it may symbolize good luck. Yeah. Why didn't you do that? I don't know. (laughs) I could still. (laughs) So people use a variety of weird and creative ingredients Sulfur, cat litter, coffin nails, bunch of weird taboo items. So you could do anything you want. Sure. Because this is where there isn't necessarily a significant meaning or symbolism for any specific ingredient. You can just think, hey, this makes me think of this. So I'm going to use this. So those are some examples of curses. You seem upset. Hmm? Are you mad that I jinxed you? I mean, yeah. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't go around jinxing you. Usually I'm like, oh, I hope Everett has a very nice day today. Oh, I wonder if Everett's hungry and would like a sandwich. Oh, do you think Everett's having a, a bad time at this meeting? Maybe he would like a glass of water, some tea. But no, I've never been like, hey, I hope Everett has a shitty day and he loses stuff that he needs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Though I am impressed that it worked. <laughs> <laughs> See, you enable me. I know. I, I, I think it's all fascinating, and I agree with you. I don't, I don't know what I believe. A lot of it you can write away as coincidence. But you, then when you think about it, if you truly believe in magic is coincidence... Or, I mean, the way, I, the way I look at it, too, is people look at the word magic and think of, like, Harry Potter or, yes. like, elves. You know, just, like, lots of fanciful things or, like, things that may seem impossible. The way I look at it is, I don't know, magic can't be used to do something you can't already do yourself. You're just manifesting something out of sheer will. Right. But... Then you get into the world of a little spooky. You get out of that weird, like, religion space, and you get into the realm of a little spooky where curses could be real. And You know what I mean? Like, King Tut's curse. People, you can write portions of that away as... Yeah, coincidental. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily feel like somebody just, like, manifesting... You know, sitting there and focusing really hard. Well, on the it was fact. also a dead guy that died. What I'm saying is, prior. it's interesting that there are actual cases of things that have not yet been explained that could be Harry Potter style magic. Do you know what I mean? No, because the way I look at it is, it's like magic's not like magic the way people look at it, like with wands and not stuff. Not the way it's it's taught and used popularly today but way back in the way back times they truly believed it was magic magic 
Yeah. Where you did something and magically you got a result. True. Whereas right. magic today is more of uh, like chaos magic. Where yeah. if you do good things, then good things happen to you. Or if you focus on good things, then you're more likely to bring yeah, about that, good things. That's a slightly better explanation. Yeah, not necessarily it's, karma, but more of like if you have constantly negative thoughts and emotions and are just generally all around negative, negative things are more likely to happen to you. Or you're more likely to just perceive things as negative. Yeah. It's it's a very difficult to explain subject because that still seems a very like a, a definition of karma, which is still pretty different. Mm -hmm. Chaos magic is more like you're just using will, but also you're trying to not focus too hard on the end goal in order to achieve a goal. You have to find like a good medium. Well, it's like you are trying to start a chain of reactions that will ultimately lead to your ultimate goal. And by focusing too hard on that, that will distract you from actually taking the steps necessary to reach that end goal. It's too confusing. My point is that that is a very technical yeah. and modern approach to magic. But there are instances of spooky, unexplainable things that could be magic or aliens. It's And it's even if you look at it from the modern definitions, too, it's still unexplainable and spooky because... How can someone will an event into happening? Right. I don't know. But people do it. Clearly. All right. So that was curses. Yeah. It was a little different episode, a little more off the cuff and slightly educational. Well, I liked it. I didn't take cursing. If you want to know about tinctures, I got you covered. <laughs> okay. So I have a listener story. Oh, truly, I've been thinking about last week's listener story all week. Doc Astro's Lightning Man. Yeah, I, I, I. It's just so interesting to me. It's so like new to me too. Yeah, it's like but very... it sounds like something that somebody else has experienced. Like he can't be the only one who's experienced Lightning Man. I don't know, man. And he mentioned that it, he like saw it leaning on a grill and i'm wondering if it was just kind of hitting on him <laughs> like it was just asking like hey just just look at him the right way yeah hey man anyways i just thought that was an interesting story i can't stop thinking about it seriously if anybody else has experienced lightning man reach out this story that i have for you today comes from our listener black rain who has previously told us a couple of his stories. I love listener stories because it feels like we're like sitting around a campfire and we got people telling us their spooky stories. Yeah. And Black Rain, um, if I remember correctly, uh, is the truck driver. So, yeah. So he drives on the highways a lot and sees things. So yeah, we appreciate very much for sending us your stories. Yes. This is an interesting tale by Black Rain. And I will read it word for word. Okay, this could be considered my own creepypasta, but it is completely true. It was 2016, Halloween night. I was doing my delivery route, and I was about halfway done with it. I had just gotten back onto the interstate highway after coming off of one of the smaller rural highways. Along this section of interstate ran a small river, and from time to time, with the cooler temperatures at night, a good fog could be produced off the river. And this Halloween... It was an exceptionally thick fog, so thick that I had maybe 80 to 100 yards visible in front of me as I was driving. Dude, badass, though. Halloween scary. fog. Scary on the highway, though. Yes, scary on the highway. I'm scared of driving in general, even during the day on empty streets. But I'm just saying dank, foggy Halloween night. That's like your dream. Yeah, I'm sorry you had to work on Halloween, too. I always make sure to have Halloween night off because it's spooky season yikes anyways back to the story being a safe driver i slowed down to a safe speed just in case i might come across some other car on the highway good on ya the last thing i wanted was an accident in this pea soup thick fog Ooh, that's thick <laughs> 
Now, I do have to say, I drive these roads every night, so I do notice when something has changed or is different from night to night. As I was driving, I spotted a very large blood smear in my lane. Sadly, that told me that some large animals probably been hit since I had been driving on this section of the highway last night. This is where I'll try not to be too gory, because the blood smear went straight into my lane, and I didn't see it veer off the side of the road, which usually means that the dead animal has been dragged off the road. So the animal carcass could still be on the road, and I needed to watch out just in case I might run over it and do more damage to it. Sure. And damage my semi-truck. As I continued to drive, I didn't see the carcass on the side of the road or near it. I did see another blood smear in the left driving lane, followed a few seconds later by another one in my lane. All in all, I believe I remember seeing between five to seven blood smears that went straight along the interstate highway with no nearby carcasses or signs of them being dragged off of the highway. As I drove through the bloody area, I was wondering if someone had maybe hit a herd of deer because this area was a rural mix of farmland and wilderness and had a very high deer population. The town I was going to was named Deer Lodge because of the high deer population back when it was founded. Deer Lodge also has the old state prison that's closed now. Think of the movie Shawshank Redemption. That's kind of what it looks like. To add to the creep factor, there was no animal carcass on the side of the road. I hadn't seen any car wreckage or cars broken down on the side of the road as if they had hit anything either. Last night, the road was completely clear, and tonight, on Halloween night in a heavy fog, a quarter-mile stretch of highway had several bloody smear stains on it. As I continued to drive, I had a very interesting thought to myself. I could be right in the middle of some monster or zombie attack and wouldn't see a thing until they were right up on me on the semi-truck. And this is the honest truth. Just as I had thought to myself that thought on the road, Michael Jackson's Thriller started playing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I kid you not. How's that for timing? I actually looked down at the radio to make sure that was what was really playing. I bust out laughing and I had to say, okay, that's it. I'm going to die tonight. I made it to Deer Lodge and finished the route out and didn't die. Thank God. He seems like he's pretty healthy. (laughs) I still never found out what happened that night or what caused that bloody area. If it had been a deer hit, it was one of the fastest cleanups I've ever seen. I... Now, I'm not like a constant highway driver. I have been on the highway. Never have I seen a deer cleaned up within one day. No, they usually rot for like a week before like whoever picks them up actually does it. Yes. Now, here is here are my theories. One. Aliens. Aliens. I was going to get to that. God. <laughs> One. I know you too well. I'm sorry. Deer gets hit, doesn't die. I had that thought too. And then kind of like smears itself across the road and then runs off into the woods. But that would have had to happen several times because he said he saw between five and seven different patches of blood. Well, yeah, and it wasn't just patches of blood. He said like smears. So I can't imagine. Something was dragged across the road. Yeah. Either by someone or like a car. Right. So, I mean, my initial thought was you've got a deer and it like falls and bleeds and then it gets up enough strength to like walk a little more and then fall and bleed. Yeah, but that would just leave up. Yeah, that would be like a drag mark. Second highway murder. Seven people. No, it could have just been one dude dragging one body and then lifting it up for a little bit and then dragging it again. (laughs) It's Halloween. Third. Ghosts. Ghostly blood marks from a previous murder. That's what I was going to say. But you know what, though? Specifically, the ghosts of the prisoners who are at the prison nearby. I didn't even make the connection. But you know what's great? Huh? Thriller being played on the radio. Yes. Hold on. I didn't get to aliens. Aliens. Aliens just fucking with us and spraying some blood on the road every few feet. Yeah, from their blood guns. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, aliens, as I have said many times before, could be the answer to literally any mystery on this planet. Also, just brief interjection. Seems like in the next week we are getting our 
UFO report from yes, the government. I'm so excited. So I think hopefully next week we will be talking about that a little bit. Do you think that, okay, I'm back to the story. Do you think he was cursed and that Michael Jackson's thriller was like the sign that he was cursed? So instead of coming across dead bodies, Michael Jackson's thriller was there to tell him. I think the sign of a curse, if you were cursed, would be the blood smears on the road and not Thriller by Michael Jackson. I don't know. Having to listen to Thriller would be kind of a curse. Why? I like that song, but at night it would it would be a little spooky. That's what this is all about, Colleen. Yeah, okay. Is it still? It's wrong. I don't like Halloween. I don't. It's too too (laughs) spooky for me. It's too spooky for me. (laughs) Well, Black Rain, thank you again for your story. I love the highway stories because, like, driving on the highway at night is, like, just an experience that I hate living through. Yes. I've had to do it quite a few times for work before the COVID times, but... Yeah, I mean, especially with that fog, too. I just I w- feel like Ugh. a ton, of, especially just from your stories, a ton of crazy stuff that you wouldn't think about <laughs> happens on highways at night, and you don't experience it unless you're one of the few people who's, like, driving a lonely highway at night. I, I as I've said, I'm a terrible driver, and I drive as little as possible, and I especially 100% do not drive at night. So I don't experience those things, and I like hearing about them. He said that next time he's going to write to us about shadow people, and I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, God. I hate it. I hate shadow people. Do you find them a little spooky? I find them very spooky. Nice. Well, thank you again, Black Rain. And if you would like to send us a story or a episode topic request or any sort of news that is spooky to you, send us a DM on Instagram. Twitter or Facebook, all are at Nerdsloth HQ. Or you can email us at podcast at nerdsloth.com. And if you will, put a little spooky in the subject line yeah. to let us know it's for us. And listen to our sister podcasts on Nerdsloth and check out our merch store if you would like merch from any of the podcasts from Nerdsloth. That's right. And we will be back at you next week. I got a good story brewing. And hopefully we'll have some of the UFO report news. Yes, oh my god, I'm excited. If if it doesn't release in time, it'll possibly be the next week, but we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I'm gonna on. keep you up to date. You know how it loves me a good alien. Hopefully story. it's not a goose egg, that's all I have to say. A nothing burger. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. All right. Well, we'll be back at you next week. We'll talk to you later. We love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.